I'm such a weirdo about getting dressed. It takes me three or four times to get it right in the morning. And, and I even put my clothes on in a weird order. Like, shoes go on before I even get to my shirt. And if it's not right, I'll drive home to change during lunch. I'm Ellen Ford, and you're listening to Outfit. Today we're talking to a fashion psychologist about the emotional work the clothes do. My guest is Dawn Karen. She's a professor at the Fashion Institute of Technology, a public speaker, and a very fashionable lady. Could you actually explain for people who don't know uh, what fashion psychology is? You know, what, what is it? What does it mean? Let me give you two definitions. The formal definition is the study and treatment of how color, image, style, beauty, and shape affects human behavior while addressing cultural norms and cultural sensitivity. And I bet you're wondering, like, what does all that mean? So <laughs> I have an informal definition, which simply states, you know, you're styling from the inside out by bridging the gap between perception and reality. Since I'm in LA and she's in New York, I have neither perception nor reality. Um, so I asked her to describe her outfit to me. Oh, my outfit right now, mm-hmm. I'm currently practicing mood illustration dress. Um, it's specifically defined to dress to perpetuate your current mood. So I have on an oversized sweater. I have on black leggings, and I'm wearing some black boots that are probably about two inches off the ground. And I also have a hat on. You know, we use clothing to, you know, inform others of what religion we're a part of, um, what what group we're a part of, what gender we are, mm-hmm. identify with, you know. Speaking of gender... At this exact moment, my friend is texting me about some men's swim trunks she bought and how we can modify them on the cheap to fit her better. My whole wardrobe is thrift shops and safety pins, okay? This is what I live for. But uh, most of the fashion world is not like that. Usually fashion, we think high fashion, expensive, inaccessible. Um, Dawn was actually in that world for a while. She was a runway model. And part of how she styles herself personally comes from her training professionally. As a model, you're taught to not show any affect on the face. Mm. So you're not wearing any emotions. You're wearing the clothing. The, uh, the expression of the clothing must exude outward without you visibly making an expression on your face, especially when you're doing runway modeling. Um, you can't wear your own emotions. You have to wear the emotions of the clothing and exude whatever that designer or that brand wants you to exude. So I figure it must be pretty weird to have to wear something that you might not even like as your job. I mean, we all know how I felt about the dress. So I asked Dawn what it is she hates wearing. <laughs> um, I myself? Yes. I myself hate wearing? Yes. Oh, yeah. you're, oh, it's usually... <laughs> Usually these questions about other these are usually these questions are about other people, right. not myself. So this is um, sort of invasive, but I like it. Okay, you can. You can I am an invasive person. Okay, I invade. No, no, no. I'm invading you right now. Um, oh, usually I don't talk about myself. Um, so clothing that I hate. Um, I don't wear sneakers every day. Mm-hmm. I wear heels every day. There has to be some type of platform, some type of. Um, yeah, I need to be elevated. That's my own that's my own um psychology, my own yeah. psyche. I feel when I'm flat-footed, I'm not as confident. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I, when I feel tall and I'm balancing on my tippy toes, similar to ballet, um, I feel more in control. You know, I feel more confident when I'm actually trying to be poised and graceful. Um, when I'm flat-footed, I, I don't feel confident. I mean, I really don't. So I would say, you know, the, the, the garment that I really abhor, like I hate mm -hmm. sneakers unless I'm <laughs> in the gym or running from a dog or something. <laughs> Okay, and I hate heels. I wear boots or dress shoes or sneakers. The opposite footwear is doing the same work for us. It's making us feel confident and competent uh, and elevated and capable. I would like to describe my footwear as capable. See, I would always like to feel ready to break into a run from a dog at any moment. Uh, it, I, I do think there there are individual differences that, that we need to honor, like depending on, you know, how you identify, you know, on the gender spectrum, you know, boots may be antithetical to what your your gender normative may be. And societies around the world, we get caught up on, okay, if you are a woman or a girl, you're supposed to dress like this and wear mm. these colors. Same thing if you're a guy, you got to dress like this and wear these colors. But, you know, I, I believe like as we're evolving as, a, as societies globally around the world, we are um, more sensitive to individual differences and not, you know, trying to like generalize an entire population you know it's 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 in this time period it's like it's safe to be yourself blue is not for boys pink is not for girls you know repeat after me blue is not for boys pink is not for girls and actually in 1927 time magazine published a chart appropriating colors to genders and back then boys wore pink and girls wore blue okay so what the fuck it wasn't until the 1940s that blue started to mean boy and pink meant girl. And that's because marketing strategies sort of followed the preferences of the consumers. My academic understanding of this phenomenon is that our grandparents accidentally decided this on accident. And retailers marketed gendered children's merchandise in the first place because they figure they can sell twice as much stuff if a family buys all girls stuff for daughter number one and then has to redecorate for boy number two. So people are making money off of telling you your gender before you can even say your name out loud. When did you assert yourself as like an independent dresser? Well, I think I asserted myself when I began cutting up my shirts to fit my Barbie dolls. My mother always says, you never crawled. I have a twin, so she would mm. say, you know, your twin crawled and then he walked. Uh, she said, you never crawled. You just got up and walked. Did you say you have a twin, <laughs> a twin brother? Yes, I have a fraternal twin, a brother. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I got to know. Yeah, yeah. What, what did your parents do clothing-wise to you guys when you were younger? Oh, they did what p typical parents do, um, <laughs> dress me in the fluffy, mm -hmm. you know, you skirts. You were the girl. And the, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he was the boy. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't allowed to uh, dress, you know, I w like the opposite of that. Like I couldn't dress too masculine. Oh, wow. And my brother couldn't dress too feminine. Yeah, and, and that's be because my, my father was um, Caribbean, so they very much have that. You know, oh, man, that's dark. This is your gender. You need to wear this type of, you know. So do you think that 
a mirror image of yourself in the masculine form mm. pushed you in any one sort of direction? Yes. I will say it made me more extreme feminist, right? Like wow. feminism. Like yeah. I'm really like hyper feminine because my brother was like really masculine. Like he wears, he dresses up similar to me. I dress up, he dresses up, mm-hmm. but he wears suits and ties. So we literally are the extreme of each other. And maybe if I didn't have that mirror image, I would be more into exploring more um, masculine forms of dress it, I literally because he's my mirror so right. I, I I didn't have to I didn't have that um need dressing yourself on the outside for how you feel on the inside is easier said than done shopping can be frustrating and emotionally exhausting and to top all that off I just busted down the gender lane so now you have twice as much stuff to look through until stores change and the gender binary becomes a gender spectrum in the fashion world I want to normalize people who own and operate clothing from both sides of the store. My wardrobe is half men's stuff and half women's stuff and everything is altered. And you know what? I get style compliments from women who are generations older than I, boys on skateboards who haven't taken the SAT yet, and every gender and age in between. This has been another episode of Outfit. I'm your host, Ellen Ford. I want to thank Don Karen and her team for the time they spent with me today. In next episode, we'll speak with the queer suit company Sharp Suiting about how they cater to all those overlooked identities in fashion. Thank you guys so much for listening.